Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and my guest today is Shannon Williams. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. <laughs> <laughs> so, we might like to start with what was your life before A Course in Miracles? How did you get to know it? And how did your view of the world change afterwards? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> but first, yeah, first I would just want to tell you the, the best thing. Um, so I was, I had a, a client actually um, who was scheduled today. And um, over the weekend, she canceled. So then today was completely free. And then I had another client who reached out to me over the weekend and scheduled something. And then they canceled yesterday. And so I was like, hmm, I wonder what's happening on Tuesday that my schedule keeps getting cleared away. And, and then here we are. <laughs> it's so fun to see, you know, what the what Holy Spirit has in store for us and to just trust that and just allow ourselves to yeah, just kind of flow with it and not really have any expectations and, and have fun. That's so, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I also, everything worked out that I could do it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? It's just so beautiful to be able to, um, yeah, just let it all happen instead of feeling the need to to change it in any way or to, control it in any way yeah it's it's beautiful it's beautiful and it's just happy and there's nothing serious about any of it so i love it so um yeah so you to address your question <laughs> um i um started studying the course about 10 years ago i guess and um when I first started, now I had the book on my shelf for about five years before I even peeled the plastic off of it. Uh, it called to me in a, a Barnes and Noble and I was kind of like, wow, this, this looks like something I want to read someday. Um, and, you know, five years later, I finally, I finally peeled the plastic off and said, all right, it's time. Um, but, you know, as soon as I started reading it, I knew that this was the truth. I, I could feel it in my heart. It wasn't something that I could even make sense of in my head or in my mind, but I knew in my heart that it, this is it. This is the truth. And with that, I had such relief because if I tell you the amount of books, the amount of things I tried to read and hoped that they would transform my life and maybe while I was reading them, I would feel a little more peace but it wasn't, um, yeah, it just never kind of had any staying power. And through studying the course, you know, when I first started, I was, I was reading minimal, minimally, because I, I was in a corporate job, single mom, hour commute each way to work. Um, you know, I was in managing people, so there was a lot, lot going on with that, and I just didn't have the time. And so I would do like maybe one lesson or two lessons a day or I mean a week. And that was it. And I was, I, I noticed myself feeling guilty about that. And it was funny because my work, I had a work notebook and I would just write down all of these like 
unforgiving thoughts throughout my day as I was working, as I was in meetings, I would just notice them. And I would write it down and then I would just write the line, Holy Spirit, please help me to see this differently. And I just did that with everything. And I was just so hyper aware of everything that was going on that was causing some kind of disturbance in my mind. And yeah, the more I did that, the more I realized that all of these thoughts, they're just little untrue ideas. All of these things, these, these forgiveness lessons, it was just showing me, oh, this is just a little untrue idea. There's nothing true about it. I don't have to feel guilty for not doing a lesson. I don't have to feel guilty for, you know, anything, not being there for my son at at five o'clock every night. Um, And so, yeah, it was like kind of a process for a couple months. And then one day uh, I was basically taking the whole Sunday to just read and read the course and journal and I was sitting in meditation and the way I would read the course is I would read a sentence and then I would sit with it and then I would put some more space in there and I would sit with it some more and then I would read the next sentence because a lot of times he asks questions in the course and it's kind of like he's asking you <laughs> he's really asking you to think about this you know that what is the what is your answer to this question and so I would do that and I would actually journal so it was more it wasn't like just sitting down and reading the book to get to the end of it but it was more of like a let me sit down and just really see what he's saying and because I knew Jesus wrote the book I would just talk to him throughout my day as I'm driving to work, you know, during work, I would ask him, oh, what do you mean about this? What do you mean about that? And so this one Sunday when I was sitting there all day journaling and reading, um, my arm went up and I saw in my mind and I saw a white arm with a white sleeve come down and pull me up and it pulled me up into this attic dark attic with an oil lamp and I I look up and there's Jesus with his face glowing and smiling at me and I was like wow this is so cool um and so I spent like I don't even know how long I was in the attic I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get to go back there so I was just kind of like asking him everything that I could think of in the during this um session um it just so happens that i could go there obviously anytime i wanted i was just so new to the course i didn't i didn't know that at the time and what a wonderful experience i've had with him in this in that attic for the past 10 years i mean at this point i'm kind of in a place of you know i just know he's always with me but it took me a while even to learn that lesson that oh he's always here with me <laughs> i can ask him anything and i can know it instantly um so that was kind of like, I guess, the turning point for me with really um, letting go of all the all the things I think I am, all the things that I believe, really. And it's been wonderful. Um, you know, I kind of went from this like chaotic life where I was just literally like running around trying to please everyone else and trying to do everything for everyone else because quote unquote, I'm a good person and I'm there for people and I'm a good worker and I'm a great employee and, you know, all these things that I was trying to be and just wearing myself out to the point where I would just collapse at night. I went from with 
I started to get little glimmers of peace in my day with this forgiveness practice, with looking at my thoughts. And, and that little bit of peace grew and grew and grew. And now the way that I live is more of a, I'm in peace with a little bit of upset. And the reason I'm sharing that is because it's very different. It's opposite. It's literally opposite of, of how I was living and it's possible for everyone. And the difference for me was bringing it into my daily life, bringing it into every moment. It wasn't about reading a book and then setting it aside, not thinking about it until the next time that I picked the book up, which is what I had been doing all along. And, you know, I would have to say maybe three, three or four years ago, I committed myself fully to the course. And so I, you know, read the whole thing a few times, including the Song of Prayer and, and the Psychotherapy uh, pamphlet that are quite remarkable. I can't believe it took me that long to read them. <laughs> I love the Song of Prayer. I read it all the time now, but, you know, making that full commitment of doing a lesson every day. And that was really just taking the ego thoughts and kind of setting them aside and just letting God's thoughts come in. And that's where the peace is. It's just a wonderful experience. You're powerful. And what were you doing before you got to know A Course in Miracles? I was, um, I was, you mean what I was reading or what I was actually doing, which is really nothing, but I thought I was doing something. <laughs> well, I, I was more in terms of your state of mind. You already mentioned that you were a lot more in turmoil and now it's the other way around you. Only yeah. Moments of, of unforgiveness and otherwise forgiveness turns in to be in your usual state. Yeah. What were you? What was the atmosphere you were going through? It, it was total chaos. I, you know, I would get up in the morning. I, I had a, like I said, I had a, like this crazy corporate job and um, I mean, I worked in marketing and I had a team to manage. Um, I had, um, you know, CEO, CMOs to answer to, CEOs to answer to. Um, and so I was constantly in this state of like, I felt like I was just like in the middle being pulled in both directions. And, um, you know, then I had my son who, who needed his mom because he was, you know, I was the only one really raising him throughout his life. And so I felt like I was then again in the middle of like this career that was so demanding. And then I was in this like also in this like, um, you know, home life that was also so demanding and my son needed me. So I was kind of in the middle of all these things and just, you know, it's really interesting because it's like the ego will have you believe. And I see it so clearly now that I'm on the other side of it, but the ego will have you believe that like you have to be something and you are responsible for all of this stuff. Like it's your responsibility. And if you don't do it right, you're wrong. You're, you're not a good person or you're, you know, whatever. And, um, so yeah, it was total chaos. Like I, re I remember this meme I saw 
And it was, um, I'm not an early bird or a night owl. I'm some form of permanently exhausted pigeon. (laughs) That is what it was for me, right? Like that was my life, a permanently exhausted pigeon. And so to, to, when I look back at it, it seems like another lifetime ago. It seems like it was like this other person living that because like, you know, it's just not where I am now, you know? And so, wow, what a beautiful transformation we can experience with the course. And I have to say that like one of the biggest lessons that I learned through working, going into the attic and having conversations with Jesus was to not take myself so seriously I would go into the attic and I would thought, I would think that the, like the, literally the world was ending, like, you know, all of this fear or all of this guilt. And, you know, I would, he would, I, he would somehow transform my mind so that at the end of it, I was actually laughing about things that I thought were the most devastating thing in my life. And um, so I don't know how he did it because it was like, it was a true miracle my mind was completely changed every time I thought that something was going wrong. I mean, one time my son had um, some issues um, with drugs and alcohol and addiction. And I was in this like total state of fear and worry with him. And I really didn't think, I just didn't know, like I was so afraid that he wasn't going to live. I was afraid that he was going to OD and die basically. And so like when I couldn't get a hold of him, even if I texted him and he didn't respond right away, it was, it's like the ego wanted me to go to like the worst case scenario with that. And I was like, wow, this is like, this is like too painful. Like I'm suffering right now. Like, I don't even know what to do. Like I I can't even think straight with it, all this fear and worry. And I would have to say, like, I mean, that was like probably it took me about a year, I guess, to like really work through every all of the thoughts and beliefs I had around that. And at the end of the day, I had to get like comfortable with him dying. I had to be okay with that, like, and just accept that all things are helpful. He tells us about that over and over again. You know, he even gives us that beautiful prayer I'm here only to be truly helpful. And he tells us everything is helpful and you have to see it that way. And I couldn't see my son being addicted to drugs as as helpful. I just couldn't see it. So it was a pretty big block for me. And um, yeah, like I'll tell you, like right after all of that healed in my mind, I was driving home from work and I was pulled outside of time. I was pulled outside of space. I was driving too. I don't, I'm like, wow, why would you choose that moment? To, <laughs> um, so I was like flying up 95, going about 70 miles an hour. It's like a you know three lane highway. And and um, I was pulled back and, and I was shown what I am. And in that instant, I knew that, oh, like I actually even was shown that like my son with his drug addiction is a thought bubble. I saw it. it was actually like a visual thing for me. Like I saw this thought bubble that was my son with his struggles and his addiction. And I, and I knew that that thought bubble was coming from this place where I was, right? Like from this mind. 
And so I saw how, and then my mother, and like, I just saw all these. And then I down to the a blade of grass, you know, a blade of grass is a thought bubble. And it was really a cool experience. And I think that carried me through all of the lessons a little easier because I could tie it back to that experience. Wow. To see things as thought bubbles. Yeah. And that's really it, you know, actually it's funny because after I had that experience, my son relapsed again. I got a call a few days later, I was pulling into my driveway. I got a call from one of the guys at the um, recovery house he was living in. And they told me he relapsed, he OD'd and they were taking him to a rehab. And I just like, kind of just listened, but I knew it was a thought bubble. And I, after I hung up, I kind of, I just started laughing at the ego. I, you know, I laughed at the ego because it's like, you know, you tried this before, but it's not gonna work now. It's not gonna work anymore. And so I kind of laughed at it. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you can keep trying this, but it's not going to work anymore. I'm free around this. And um, yeah, I was still there for my son. I still visited him in rehab. I still was there. I supported him. And, you know, he's doing great now. You know, he's doing wonderful. And I think, you know, like what we do is even if he, anything happens with him, you know, I would still be in that piece and I would know that, oh, this is just a lesson for me. It's a lesson for me to go within. It's a pointer to go within. That's how everything is helpful because everything is helpful because we can ask. We can ask for that help. We can, we can ask to see, for light to dispel the darkness. We can ask for love to shine the fear away. You know, and, and that's the gift of God. That is the oneness of, of who we are. And we get to experience that. I'll tell you, I don't, you know, after I, you have experiences like that, which I think most people studying the course know, you don't forget it. This is, those experiences are amazing and it's, it's completely unforgettable. And it, and it, and you're reminded of it, right? As like, you're like trying, like tempted to buy into some other story of pain and suffering. Yeah. So you told me beforehand that Yeshua would like you to write a book for him. Would you like to expand on what he has been telling you about that? Sure, yes. He asked me, it was a few years ago now, he asked me to write a book. Um, he asked me to turn my 10 years of journaling of experiences with him in the attic and all of my forgiveness lessons into a book. And so that was overwhelming. <laughs> Very overwhelming. Um, and I was really thinking about 
thinking about it for a few days and thinking like, how on earth am I going to take like all of this? So I printed out my whole journal and I'm like taking notes and, you know, trying to figure out how this is going to happen and just realized like, wow, okay, I need some help with this. So I picked up the phone and called John Mundy. Um, I found his, I actually found his phone number. I mean, I don't know John Mundy. I saw him speak one time, but for whatever reason I was guided to call him. And so I went on his website and found his phone number and I called the number on his website and he answered. And I was so startled and so shocked. I was like, wait a second, you answered your phone. And he's like, well, it's my phone. What am I else am I going to do with it? <laughs> and it was so fun. Anyway, he gave me some good pointers and then I still was overwhelmed with it actually. And I, I asked Jesus if I could just write a blog and of course he said yes. And so I wrote a few posts already and I'm sure more will come. Um, but you know, I mean, it's still like the distractions of the ego come in and I think I'm going to write that day and then I have work things to do and what have you. So, but I'm just trusting the process and really just knowing that it will happen when it, when it needs to. But, um, it, basically what he communicated to me was that writing a book, it's, it's for my own learning consolidation. It's for me to consolidate all of that in the mind and really have that, you know, like fine tune and, and make all of those ideas and, and things, thoughts of God pristine in my mind. So you know, just kind of reinforcing all of the, the messages that I've received and then also sharing it to strengthen it through the book and hopefully inspiring others to go within and ask him for help and to get him, um, bring him into their, their life regularly, you know, as I have done. So it really is, I'll tell you, it's, definitely a wonderful thing to have him here always and like knowing his voice and allowing him to speak to you and through you. It's funny because sometimes in meetings and course meetings and things like there'll be something that really needs to be shared and my heart will start beating so fast and I don't know what what it is that's going to be shared, but like if someone else is talking, I have to wait until they're finished. And like, I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack. <laughs> and then this message, finally, I'm able to deliver it. And I'm like, ah, and so as I'm listening, I'm learning, right? Because I'm learning as he's speaking through me. It's a message that we all need, right? We all, as the one Holy Son of God, need to be able to let go and and let him guide us. Have you asked him to guide you in the selection of what you put into the book? Yes, actually. Um, it has been easier that way. It's such a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, it has been easier. And the three blog posts that I have written so far are truly yeah, they're they're kind of like him filtering through the journal and telling me what to focus on. And and actually, I find that it's easier for me to write with him than to speak with him, speak, you know, have him speak through me. It's easier for me to write, have him write through me. And um, 
so I it's a and that's mainly just because I've always had a hang up with speaking in front of people, which I've pretty much relinquished at this point. But um, yeah, so I he has been really, really coming coming through me and saying, hey, this is the next one. Like I know you mentioned that you got the title of your book, and then you started reading writing a little bit of it, and that's kind of what happens with the blog. Like I'll get a title. And I'll be like, oh, that sounds like a good title. And then I'll like really be curious to see like what's constructed around it out, out of my journal, you know, and it's a really fun process actually. Yeah, he's been posting through me since years now. Yeah. So, so yeah, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, uh, anyone want to? Does anyone want to ask a question? If not, I'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this direct connection with Yeshua when you say you go into, into the attic with him, so to speak. It's a, it's a state of mind in which you have a direct communication with him. Is that possible at all times or how does it work? It is possible any moment of any day, of any time. Um, all I have to do is think of him and in my mind's eye, I put my arm up and he just pulls me in. Um, for me though, now, I really don't, I go, I go there now to kind of, and I have a whole, there's this whole other thing where the attic, the attic, it was actually, I asked him to shine light on it once. And cause I was really curious as to what, why we're in a dark attic and he shone a, he, he shone a light on it. And it was like this, it looked like a warehouse full of boxes and <clears throat> all of these, like just, it, it was like really big. And so he's been taking the boxes and kind of pushing them next to me when I need to look at something. And so now um, I would have to say like a year or so ago, I went up and the attic was light. There wasn't any, it wasn't dark anymore. There wasn't an oil lamp and there was a window. It was actually a glass door and I, I walked through it and it was a really, um, it's just beautiful scene when I walked out of these, these these glass doors. Everything was green, and there was this little footbridge from where I was over to where he was. And he was standing with open arms in, in front of this, like, orb of light, right? And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And I went to walk across the footbridge, and I fell off. <laughs> I fell off, and it was like a Grand Canyon, like, ravine. <laughs> down into and so i was like oh that didn't really work out i mean this is all in my mind but so i'm um, here i am like trying to scale the this like these rocks you know scale up and try to get back up there to where he is and i just gave up and and came out of the meditation and said oh, i'll have to try that again another day and, and i kept trying it and i would end up like trying to scale the wall and you know and trying to get up there by myself, right? Which is really funny. Um, so anyway, then 
then less than 189 rolled around, you know, and he was, it says in, in that lesson, God knows the way to you, you know, and here I am thinking I have to be a mountain climber. <laughs> Damn. Oh, it was so funny. So I think that was just yet again, another, and it's still like a, when I go up into the attic, I'm, you know, it's, it's, everything is light. It's beautiful. You know, there's like, not really any there's no darkness up there but there's still this concept of like i have to do something i have to do something to be with god that is still being unwound for my mind and um and so yeah i'm still still letting that one go i it's funny because sometimes these things like it kind of kind of has like a it's like a cycle like it comes and and you see it and then it comes around again at least this is my experience. And then it comes around again. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a little while that this one's been coming around, just believing that I have to do something. You know, and I think the worthiness is something that I looked at for probably a year and a half, like not being worthy of God's love. And like that was showing up in the world as like a million things. So like, you know, it showed up as Someone not, I'm a, I do interior design. And so someone not liking what I did, you know, um, something, someone complaining about my design, um, a family member being mad at me. I actually had a neighbor of a rental, a rental that my husband and I own was actually screaming my face off for like, she was screaming at me, like just screaming, 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 so angry at me for like, probably like 15 minutes, which is a really long time when someone's yelling at you like that, you know, and the temptation was there obviously to not feel worthy to believe what she was saying. And so it's like, they just kept getting more and more extreme until I let that unworthiness go. So now I guess, okay, I see that I am worthy of God's love. And how I know that is that God establishes my worth and when he, if he established it, who am I to argue with that, right? And so, yeah, it's like, now there's still this thing that like, oh, my salvation's in the future. Um, I need to do something to get to God. I have to, there's something that needs to change in me in order to be with him. And so that's that's kind of like where I'm at now, but it seems to be happening outside of the attic instead of like in the dark attic with the oil lamp. Now it's like out in this green meadow with a with a footbridge. <laughs> so I'll let you know when I actually get across it. <laughs> oh, well, let's invite um, Yeshua in now to share something. What do you say to that? <laughs> yeah. So, Yeshua, we both are very curious to hear what you have to say about what Shannon has been sharing now. What is the next step for us? I just got something. 
There are no steps. There is no next step. Heaven is here now. And you need do nothing. Welcoming in the light, welcoming in the light that is within you and just enjoying its presence. Mm. Yeah. We are not here to prove anything. We are here to be to resonate with who we are because that is natural to us. So now we might as well choose to cross that bridge, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Please help us across the bridge, dear Yeshua. Thank you. Yes. I just had an experience um, on a trail that I walk on regularly, and it was oneness with all things and i think um the fear of god it does have a it has a uh, there's like a process that happens to let go of that one and this was a big part of that process because i started by joining with the trees because they were just so beautiful and I was just so grateful that they were providing shade on a hot day and I just somehow merged with them and that merging with them the trees that were just right in my direct sight expanded to all of the trees and then the whole park and then it expanded to the whole world. And then it just expanded to all oneness. And I was reminded in that moment, I just heard this gentle voice say, it's all you. And how can you judge any of it? It's only love. And I just saw how, so hard to put those things into words, but how the trees were just springing out of that love. And so were the people walking on the trail and everything was just springing out of love. It, there was nothing else. Like, it was like, it would just kind of come up and, and say, love i love you and you know and it was just all everything is for that it's all it is so how can you not love everything when that's what it is 
is love. That's what we are. Wow, very beautiful imagery and also very relatable. So when you have these conversations with Yeshua, what do you talk about? Sometimes I, lately I've just been going up and expressing gratitude and love to him. And we would just join in that. Just join in love because I'm so grateful that he has so gently shown me the truth. When I first went, I was like, okay, what is this? What is that? I would, <laughs> I would have question after question, um, just out of curiosity, you know, I, I don't understand what you're saying in the book here. And this is what I'm experiencing. I feel like, I feel like there's just no time or I don't have any energy for anything or this bodily issue is a problem. You know, those are the kinds of things. And and he would show me now the way that he showed me was different every time. Sometimes he would talk to me. Other times he would show me a life review where um, we would start. He would start at where I was at like now. And then he would kind of show me a movie in, of like all the different times in my life where that same idea, that same belief impacted what I, what impacted my perception. Um, those those have, are always like so helpful to me because it just seems to wash it completely away and it just doesn't come back. Um, other times, you know, like one time I was doing a workshop with friends and, you know, there was a lot of planning involved and I was, you know, speaking at it. So there was a lot going on. And, and I, I think I got caught up a little bit in, um, you know, just like the doing of it and forgot, you know, just forgot that what the whole purpose was. <laughs> and um, so he, he took a box and pushed it over to me in the attic and and I opened it up and it had like these balls in it, like the ones that kids jump in and I, at Ikea. And I couldn't understand what he was trying to tell me. I was like digging around in the box and I'm like, what is this? And, and he looked at me and just said, have, don't forget to have fun. You know, so it really doesn't, the message is always perfect, always perfect for no matter what, it was always perfect for me. Um, but it was really always the same. It was, I am always here for you. Let me show you the way. And don't take yourself so seriously. Have fun. If I were to boil it down into the into three messages, those are the three that were have consistently been given to me. Yeah, so would you say Yeshua has a sense of humor? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The best for me is like, um, so like 
like I said, I don't even need to go into the attic to be able to talk to him. So I go there now to kind of like just express gratitude and just sit with him. Um, but all along, he's been, you know, he's changed the lyrics to songs as I was listening to them in my mind. Um, there was one time where I was really caught up in like, really like a really sad story. And I couldn't, he just kept playing over and over. Do you know that song with the Temptations, which is the best name of the band, by the way, the Temptations, that is, um, it was just my imagination <laughs> running away with me. And he just kept playing that in my head, like as a, and, and then I realized what, why he was doing that. And I'm like, just laughed. I mean, how can you not laugh at that? <laughs> So yes, his, he always has such great humor and that's, that's where, you know, the more I trusted him, the more I saw the humor in all of it. Like he's like, John, this is not a drama, this world, this world's a comedy, you know? And wow, what a change that was to see this world instead of as a drama, as a comedy. Yeah. And I know it's hard to think of like, oh, a serious illness is a comedy, but somehow he made me see it. He made me see something that I thought I was never, I was going to have to live with, you know, something that I thought was real and was affecting my body and it was going to be around. He made me see that it was actually funny. He played a movie of me over the, like two, a two week time period showing me like how dramatic I was being. <laughs> it made me laugh and yeah like i don't know the next morning it was gone it wasn't there anymore so yeah it's, he does bring humor in i mean really it's like he's the line in the course it's like you know we forgot to laugh we forgot to laugh and he reminds us to laugh and helps us to laugh and, and shows us the way in such a fun adventure that it's like oh wow you know now when i wake up i think oh all right well what miracles would you have me perform today very different than waking up and saying oh my god i have an hour drive to work and i have to like <laughs> i have to work all day and i have all this stuff to do and my son and oh he has to get to school and i have to get home i mean very big transformation of even just in the way that that i get up out of bed in the morning. Yes, that's remarkable. Because it shows a very different attitude towards life as we experience it. Yeah. Because for many of us, there's a lot of crying, a lot of disappointment, a lot of expectations going awry and so on. And you're speaking of finding stuff to laugh that, that can appear to be almost yeah, counterproductive. And yet you say it's coming from Yeshua as I, as I have the feeling he is very, very good at seeing reasons to laugh and so I, i'm really curious how far does it go 
it goes the whole way home. He, I, I can't believe some of the things I laughed at. I mean, like if you like, when I would go it, go talk to him, and then I would come, I would laugh about what I thought. I would cry. I spent years crying, <laughs> years crying. I would go into the attic in tears. You know, I mean, yeah, I experienced that just like everybody else. But I also asked him to show me the different way. And the different way for me was laughing. He showed me so gently, though. It wasn't something, it was never like him laughing at me. It was him, him showing me in whatever form worked best for that moment that actually you're okay. And it's actually funny that you would think you're not. You were speaking of the direct correlation between your feeling worthy or unworthy and how people would respond to you. Is there any way that you would suggest that one can change one's mind rapidly about this so that one can actually experience more of the joy and happiness and yeah, humor in all of it. Yes. Um, what he told me over and over, and this is something that it wasn't like I went into the attic for, but he would just gently tell me throughout the day, it doesn't matter what your brother thinks of you, but how you see him is everything. And in that was such a deep learning of letting go of this idea that I need to prove that I'm worthy to quote unquote people outside of me because it is in the mind and it's where I'm coming from. If I'm coming from a place where I'm not worthy, then that's what I'm going to see. And that's an ego thought. And so in order to, to shift it, you know, I had to be willing for him to just keep telling me that. I mean, Kate Greaves has a wonderful Christ blessing that I think really helps shift that. Um, there's also that prayer that I mentioned earlier. Um, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not need to worry about what to say or what to do, but um, you know, that whole prayer. And he really, that takes all sense of responsibility out. So if I'm here only to be truly helpful, then what is there to judge? There's nothing to judge. I'm here to be truly helpful and I'm here to represent him who sent me. Like I'm not here for myself as this small idea of Shannon you know, seemingly walking about the earth. Um, the only other thing I could say is that I had this unworthiness really came up with my weight. Um, you know, my whole life I dieted and tried to like 
um, you know, do all kinds of things to like keep my figure exactly how it should be in the world as this the world dictates. And I was really upset about it. So I would have to say like maybe four years ago, um, David Hoffmeister has a Spiri bot. And I actually put that in there as like, okay, I'm upset because I'm, I'm, I was stuck. I couldn't get past it because I was so programmed to have like a body that is desirable in some way. And I, so I, as I drilled down in his spirit bot, I actually came down to unworthiness and I felt unworthy. And so if I feel unworthy, then I'm going to project an unworthy body, right? And so that's how it works. And so as I started to let go of that, I needed that little glimmer of light to, to shine on that. But unworthiness can show up any, any way, you know, it can show up everywhere. And it's like, for me, I had to kind of take it like little bits at a time. And that's just my process. So, you know, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was fast. Um, but now just to go on with the weight thing. Now I, I allow myself to be told what to eat. I allow myself to be what I but just allow this image to be what it is and trust that it's exactly how it needs to show up here right now. And this next moment, it'll it'd be exactly what it needs to look like. And there's nothing in this world that can say differently. It is what it is. And that's exactly where it needs to be right now. And I trust that. And I know that it's being used. I know that it's being used for a holy purpose. And so I'm not judging it anymore. It's just like seeing people outside of us, the body is outside of us as well. And so, you know, we don't like, it's just, if I judge the body, this, this body of Shannon, then that's just like judging someone else. We've got to be willing to let go of all of it and just put it in his hands and let him do it for us. I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> well, it's helpful anyways. <laughs> yeah. So how is your your how has your relationship to money and work changed over the years being a student of A Course in Miracles? I used to think that I had to do something. Um I was in control of my career. I was in control of my, I mean, that's how we're raised, right? All through college, all through high school. I was told to take charge, time management. <laughs> it's like such a funny concept to me now, but time management, make make your lists, you know, prioritize. And I took a Franklin Covey course and you have to prioritize your, your to-do list by A, B, and C. Like A absolutely has to be done today. B can should be done, but could wait till tomorrow and see, you know what, if you still have time, you can do that and just wear yourself out completely. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, like I was programmed, programmed that way. And um, so that's what I did. You know, I'm, I'm in control of my day. I'm going to wake up early and I'm just going to like take, you know, take charge of this day. Um, and so that's that I would have to say was the starting point. And, and now where I am now is 
I'm self-employed. Um, I let him send those to me that are perfect for miracles, you know, and those are the people that whoever asked me for an appointment, I say yes, because I know that he sent them and I trust that. And um, I mean, the, it's pretty much in his hands. I go out to clients' houses. I do home staging and design. And I experience miracles all the time in these meetings. A lot of times they're one-on-one -on -one with people. And um, I can always tell, a lot of times the appointments are two hours and I can always tell, you know, when it's kind of just time to stop talk, it's time to stop talking and just let him like work through me. And the person will just all of a sudden start opening their heart and telling me everything in their life. Now, moving is a very um, stressful time for people. And I find that the staging appointments, people are very overwhelmed. So they're just kind of at that peak of like just needing to let go. Um, but they'll just open their heart and I know that that's my purpose. And so how can I, how can I, um, you know, think, oh, they could attach money to that. Like that's priceless because it's for them and me. And I experience it just as much as they do. And it's beautiful. And yeah, so it's very different from when I was going into an office and working um pushing and working and felt like I had to defend myself against everyone because everyone was asking too much of me and I had goals that I had to reach and you know I had to write if, um, evaluations for my customer or my um, employees I had to basically judge them in like 12 pages of like <laughs> employee review and so um yeah it's it's very free and it's very flowing and um it's his it's not mine yeah it sounds very different from what what you were going through before with work and money right yeah absolutely yeah what would you say when you ask Yeshua, what is your career? What would he say to you? I've never asked him. It's a good question though. Let me see. What comes through? And basically, it's just being a miracle worker. But not like that, you know, not like this whole like grandiose idea of that. It's more of like freedom and love and peace and just like bringing that everywhere. Just showing, just being that example. It's like, it's like I had this woman who literally started sobbing and sat down on her floor in her house. Um, she was selling her home that she'd lived in for 45 years and she just sunk to the floor and so I just sat down on the floor with her as I was guided to do and she talked and talked and talked and there wasn't really 
she came to a point where she just realized that actually none of this means anything. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, she didn't laugh, but she did smile. And she realized that, and I don't, I can't remember what was spoken through me at that, during that, but it was, it was a beautiful experience. And so maybe that's it, you know, beautiful, beautiful experience career. <laughs> that's my, that's going to be a go on my business card. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. I think we all could use a beautiful experience career. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> Thanks for the answer. <laughs> so, what does a beautiful experience career have to do with money? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Where does the money come from then? It just flows in. You know, it's funny because, I mean, when I, I mean, I get paid, you know, I still get paid to do the things I do, um, to go to do the appointment, but it's never about that. I think that's the point. It's like, it's not about making money. It's about serving him letting him work through me, right? Because really he and I are one anyway. So it's kind of like, it's kind of semantics at that point, but like, it's like, um, yeah, like the money, like we got, I don't know, there's some kind of healthcare thing that happened here. We got like this big refund. <laughs> We're like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, I mean, it doesn't really, the money shows up when you need it. I read that, um, um, Paramahansa Yogananda's book, um, Autobiography of a Yogi. And he, he talks about that in there. I really like that book. It's like so freeing. Like, I mean, he was a kid, but like, you know, when he needed food, it was there. You know, when your needs are always met, it's like you have to let go of all the things that you think you need. Like, oh, I need this much money for retirement, or I need, I need to make this much money in order to pay my bills. Like all of those things have to be let go of and it has to just be given to him. And then he takes care of it and you have to trust that. But like that trust is developed over time. So it's not like, you know, I didn't quit my job right away. You know, I didn't go out and do this, you know, open my quote unquote own business, <laughs> beautiful experience business. Um, and even when I started this business, like my husband and I, he studies the course too. And it's wonderful to actually, you know, join in that together and to be able to talk about the different things that um, happen, you know, things that even little questions that come up as we're reading the course or, you know, meditate together. Um, but we were flipping houses at the time. And so, you know, that was part of our income. But like one time we didn't really make, I think we hardly made any money at all. And like we both had worked for three months on this thing and had no other income. But, and we were both, were so tempted to judge it as like, oh my gosh, like, wow, we made like $9,000 in, in three months. And that is, 
for the two of us, you know, was just not going to cut it after all this investment in this house and everything. And, um, but like, then we like, yeah, it's like he said, deny the ego. Don't look there in the darkened glass. And so we both just had to be there for each other. So like one would be tempted really badly and we'd be like, you know, like Jake would be, my husband would be like tempted and he would, you know, say something to me. And then maybe the next day I would be really tempted. And like, we would just be there for each other to lift ourselves up because what we saw was that the experience and all the people who came and worked at this house it, there was just so much love flowing in this house all day, every day working on this flip. So much love. How can you put a price on that? How can you charge anyone for anything like that? It was like the experience was so much more than, than you know, how much we made after all of it. And so, yeah, but that trust, like even then, like it, the trust wasn't there a hundred percent when it came to finances. The, you know, it's still like that little belief that, oh, I need, I need to control this because I can't trust him to, is he really going to give me the amount of money I think I need? <laughs> Which is so funny, you know? You know, for many of us, it still appears to be very serious business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's where we just ask, ask him. You know, my path is just my path. Like I'm sharing it, just in hoping to be inspiration to others and just to remind everyone that he is always there. All you have to do is ask. Always there. Like literally, he's here right now. He's always here. Um, you know, how can something that we're one with not be here all the time? And so, you know, it's like, yeah, this is my like little story. And I, I share these little stories just for the purpose of showing kind of how it works and, you know, and hopefully help inspiring other people to trust him, you know, trust him to and let him work in their lives. And it does, it's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies, <laughs> not always. You know, I mean, I'm still, you know, it's, there's lots of things that can come up and you're just go, you cry and you do what you got to do and you don't deny it. You don't white knuckle it through it and say, oh, I'm a spiritual person. I'm not allowed to feel this way or, um, you know, studying the course. And so like the course says I shouldn't be fearful or whatever it is. Like, it doesn't matter what that is, but it's like, yeah, like just let him reinterpret it for us because we don't know we actually don't know anything and so yeah we need him shannon can you hear me yes hi, hi, hi. i just hi, wanna, Karen. i just want to thank you um and thank wanako did i say your name right wanako Monaco, it's beautiful. Thank you. I want to thank you. Um, I just want to say you're so inspirational, Shannon. And um, what what I just wanted to share is the gratitude I feel from you. And um, you know, the gratitude is so important. 
And I think with the gratitude, when you're grateful, like when you shared about the gratitude, you know, for the, you were, you were grateful for the, the shade that the trees were giving you, you know, when that experience began for you and it started out with gratitude and then the gratitude just expanded and the, the tree expanded and then the love expanded and it stems gratitude and love go hand in hand. So I just wanted to really point out the gratitude that exudes from you. And it's so, oh, it's just so inspiring and it's so helpful and it's, it just really is beautiful. And I just want to thank you. You're so inspiring. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Karen. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Yeah, gratitude is, yeah. Gratitude is definitely, it's like that, it's like you step into that. Oh, I love that Rumi quote. I have it on my emails actually. Wear gratitude like a a cloak and it will feed every corner of your life. And yeah, that's, that's it right there. I also love your, your image of that addict that changed, who's always changing to reflect what you need at that time to know about your process. Yeah, yeah, it's been so fun. Every time I go up, I don't know what I'm going to be stepping into. (laughs) Yeah, it's no longer an attic, at least the way you describe it. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) exactly Exactly. it's so fun (laughs) yeah much more light up there now (laughs) is there any other experience or topic you'd like to talk about you know i think i feel complete actually I really want to say, though, I appreciate you and what you're doing by bringing people together and sharing experiences and, yeah, just creating this wonderful space for for people to join. I really appreciate that. And I'm so grateful that you asked me to come share today. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. So are there any more questions before I add some comments? I don't have a question, I just have a comment. Um, And I love that Shannon talks about the worthiness, how our worth is established by God. And, you know, it stems from our innocence. Our innocence is guaranteed by God. And that's what I love about the course, the course, you know, he tells us over and over that we are innocent. We're an innocent child of God, you know, and it's guaranteed. So nothing, there's nothing our holiness cannot do. And that is, that takes a lot of, um, for me, mind training, undoing the old ego thoughts, but it's, it's, it's a guarantee. We're guaranteed it. You know, it's just my ego thoughts and hearing Shannon and other inspirational people reminds me of the truth. And 
it really is helpful. It is very, very helpful. And um, he says, I think he has a, at least, I would say, uh, 10 places in the course where he talks about our worthiness. That's how he wants us to know we are worthy, you know, because that's a big issue for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, love it. And uh, that's it. Thanks. Thank you for that comment. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I had a time where he was instructing me to address people in my when his posts through me as dear holy ones. So that fits very well to what you were saying, Karen. Beautiful. Yeah, and people were perplexed when they they got that address. So and before for that dear innocent ones so they were also perplexed <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i would like to ask everyone who finds the time and would like to appreciate the podcast in any way to review it and to share about it wherever they can so that this podcast gets known and many people can profit from the many conversations and podcasts that have come through. This one will be podcast number 63. So just to give an idea of how many there are. Episodes. Yeah. So thank you very much, Shannon, for joining me in this. Thank you. Yeah, and it's such a pleasure to be able to go deep into these topics and take another look at what is in front of us and has been in need of forgiveness. I think it's always exactly the right time when one gets to listen to these podcast episodes and gets exactly what one needs at that time. So I'm very, very thankful for your participation and everyone else's participation in these podcasts. Thank you so much. And Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Time. You're welcome. <laughs>